You're listening to SBS News. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 22nd of April 2022. Later, markets in freefall as the US Federal Reserve says official interest rates there will likely rise faster and probably more aggressively than first thought. But first, to financial advice, do you get it? Or does the cost of professional financial advice put you off? Well, the team at Advisor Rating says the median cost for financial advice services rose $270 last year to $3,529. But less than 2 million Australians get it, with many others sourcing their financial advice from unlicensed professionals on the internet. For more, Sarah Conti spoke with Angus Wood from Advisor Ratings. Why have we seen a drop in the number of people using financial advisors? Well, ultimately, it's come down to cost. Um, you know, there's been the Royal Commission that was implemented back in 2018, and it's been hard for advice practices to actually operate profitably. So what we've seen is it's a combination of two things. Um, consumers can no longer afford advice, so they're stepping away from their financial planner. And also um, advisors themselves are actually starting to I guess, fire their own clients. So they're orphaning their own clients saying, sorry, guys, can't actually service you profitably anymore. So unfortunately, that's meant, you know, a close to now 100,000 have stepped away from the industry, despite there being this massive, massive demand for financial advice um, during, the, during the pandemic. You know, people wanting more access to um, help with their money, people wanting to understand superannuation, especially because of the record of advice that came in. We had that $20,000 guarantee um, from, from the government if you needed help. So um, despite all that, um, unfortunately, advisors can no longer service their clients profitably, which has meant that less people are getting serviced. That's really disappointing. And I suppose you mentioned that the demand is still there for financial advice. If people can't access because of cost or other reasons financial advisors where do they end up going for advice yeah interesting and i think this is the the concerning issue at the moment yeah you're seeing um uh the onset of social media popping up and i know it's uh, a, a it, it's a concerning point within the industry that a lot of people are turning to um i guess uh, those that aren't qualified to get financial advice those that uh, online um there are there are some good outfits actually trying to, to do their best in there, but they're still, they're not qualified to actually provide financial advice. Hence the term influencers. Um, now you're seeing actually 5%. So one in 20 people get all their money advice from online financial influencers at the moment. Um, and that's causing concern, you know, consumer protections in the industry aren't there when it comes to advice. Uh, the secondly, they're, they're also getting advice uh, from, you know, from the old sort of family and friends network. Um, you know, people will often have the uh, stock tip over the barbecue um, that potentially is not going to go anywhere. So that's also a concern. So this, these are the issues that I think the government are looking to address. We know that the quality of advice review is coming out um, at the end of the year. Um, for those readers who don't know, there's, I think, the government at, uh, or the, the listeners who don't know, the government is looking at this industry as a whole and saying, oops, have we actually overstepped the mark here on regulation and forced more people out of getting financial advice and going to avenues where they, I guess, they shouldn't be getting financial advice? 
What should people look for in a financial advisor? Well, first, the very first thing that you should be looking for is to check whether they are a financial advisor. You know, we've often heard a lot of the stories where people are putting themselves up as a financial advisor, but they haven't got that tick of approval. So they need to be a corporate or what's known as a corporate authorised representative under a licence. So they need to be a licensed financial advisor. So you can go to the ASIC website to check that out there onto moneysmart.gov.au check that the advisor is actually a registered financial advisor. So that's the first thing that you should be doing. Um, and then the second thing that you should be doing is working out um, what their expertise or specialties are and do they marry with what you need. So, there, were, you know, different advisors will have different skill sets, uh, whether it's in budgeting or in cash flow or whether it's uh, looking after derivatives or foreign exchange or aged care specialties you should be working out what you need and what you require. So they, those are the sort of, sort of two arching, overarching points that I'd make in terms of uh, what, what consumers should be looking for. And, and finally, uh, I guess I, I, I shouldn't neglect this one, um, you know, the education and qualifications that they've actually been through in terms of determining um, how qualified they are to be a financial advisor. There's new legislation in place now that makes it so that an advisor does need to have a degree. They need now need to pass an exam. It's actually quite a rigorous process to become a financial advisor, despite the concerns of the past. That's now been overcome. So um, those are the sort of are those are the areas that a consumer should be asking for when they do step in the in, into the office of what they think is a financial advisor. Sarah Conti there speaking with Angus Woods from Advisor Ratings. Now to the Australian share market, which fell today. The S and P A six two hundred down one point six percent to seven thousand four hundred and seventy three. It follows some commentary from the U S Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell about how U S interest rates may actually rise faster and harder than first thought, probably by 50 basis points at the next meeting potentially. So for more, I spoke earlier with Omkar Joshi from Opal Capital Management. Omkar, the market's really slammed today. Jerome Powell said the bank may be more aggressive in lifting interest rates in the US, but weren't investors already expecting rates to rise anyway? Why did the sudden set off? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, investors have been expecting rates to rise this year and that the market's already pricing that in as well. But I think the new news yesterday was Jerome Powell saying it himself, which just adds to a bit more credibility around the fact that rates are going to be going up a lot quicker this year than expected. And the reason is in the past, we've had other Federal Reserve governors talking about it, but now we've actually had Powell saying it himself. So the reality is rates are going up. I mean, that, that's a given. Um, but now it's just got a bit more credibility behind it. Uh, how are consumers taking these price rises that we're seeing at the moment? Because what I found interesting uh, were some comments overnight from some airline executives, especially in the US, saying that while demand is still quite strong, despite higher ticket prices, for example. So in other words, these higher prices aren't deterring travellers. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, travel is an interesting space at the moment. We're seeing it from all the US airlines. The commentary there is that the reality is consumers are happy to pay that price premium. And the reason for that is, I mean, most people haven't really gone anywhere for the last couple of years. And so for that reason, there's a lot of pent up demand, which just means that consumers are a lot less price sensitive than they normally would be. Now, the question is, how long does that last? I mean, once people have gone for one or two holidays, do they continue to be so price insensitive? Maybe not. Maybe you start to see that sensitivity come back in in the future. But for now, the price rises are being absorbed by consumers pretty easily and the airlines are actually in a pretty good spot. 
Okay, so we know we're in a higher interest rate environment, a higher inflationary environment. Now that we've heard from the, uh, the Federal Reserve uh, Bank Chair himself, does this change the way you're going to be investing now and where are the opportunities? Yeah, I think going forward, I mean, the market where you had a lot of growth in tech and a lot of these concept stops really taking off has very much changed going forward in that we have an environment where we don't have low rates in the future. We've got rates going up. I mean, rates are still low, but we've got a trajectory of rates rising from here. And that just means that any of the long duration assets and any of the any of the securities where you do need to be looking out a long way out to see any profits and cash flows, et cetera, they start to get discounted at a higher rate and do start to be a weaker part of the market. So going forward, I think it's more those value sectors that start to look more interesting. And we've already seen a lot of this anyway in the last 12 months, but it just really fuels that rotation going forward where out of growth and into value um, in the next few years. Only yesterday, one of our lead stories that it was that we were just within a whisker of hitting a record high, right? I thought we were going to get there, but all of a sudden we've had this huge turnaround today. Yep. So is that record high still in sight? Look, I mean, it's very hard, very hard to answer. The reality is we are going to be in a choppy market. And the reason for that is, I mean, we are seeing a lot of changes both on the macro front, I mean, obviously the war in Ukraine, et cetera, and we're seeing a lot of choppiness in the market in general. And so for that reason, while we might get to a record high, if we don't have resources and energy leading us, it's going to be extremely difficult. And, and the reality is the Australian market's been very strong this year relative to global peers. And one, one part of that has really been the strength in resources and, and commodities more broadly. Now, today, the sell-off is really being led by those sectors, and it's come from the fact that we have had quite a few weak quarterly production numbers coming from a lot of these companies, and that the quarterly production has not been great. They're seeing cost inflation. And so while prices are still great, the actual businesses are under pressure as well. And so if those sectors don't actually hold us up, then it's going to be really hard to get to that record high again. I'm Kajoshi there from Opal Capital Management.